This is In The Making, and I'm your host, Teresa Ao. I'm so excited to be bringing you this podcast with intimate stories and life lessons from the creator economy. Even if you've never heard of the creator economy, you might be a part of it already. The creator economy is where creativity, the online world, and business meet. And this economy is leading to new kinds of creative careers. On In The Making, you'll hear from content creators, communicators, marketers, designers, and the folks who do a little bit of everything, the Slashies. Their stories will inspire you, and their hard-won lessons may be useful to you in your own journey. So join me every two weeks for revealing and honest conversations where we get to find out together how these creators overcome the challenges of being small business owners and creatives at the same time. And a very special welcome to those who found us from the Wireframe feed. We'll be taking over the previous Adobe podcast where Koi Bin left off. I'm so glad you're here. So let's get into it. Today, I have the immense pleasure of speaking with John Yushai, one of few marketers to work at both YouTube and Instagram. John is known for cracking the code to going viral. He has worked with YouTube's top creators and brands to grow their audience and their incomes. At Instagram, John helped empower even more creators to grow and monetize. Now a creator himself, John has garnered half a million followers, 300 million views, and has interviewed luminaries like Danny Duncan, Logan Paul, Paris Hilton, Terry Crews, Charlie D'Amelio, and one of my favorites, Mark <laughs> Rober. He is, <laughs> love Mark. He is also a sought-after advisor, investor, and speaker who serves as head creator advisor for the analytics platform TubeBuddy. John has been featured in Business Insider, Time Magazine, Inc. Magazine. He's been on NPR and on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. Welcome, John. I'm so honored to have you as my guest today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Tell me the moment you decided to leave the corporate world and go out on your own as a creator. During the pandemic, you kind of question everything. My wife and I were planning our wedding and we we're kind of looking like years ahead. We we're like, all right, if we get married in a year, we have a kid maybe two years after that. What is like, you know, me being a creator look like? And I loved my jobs on Instagram and YouTube. And I just remember like, okay. I'm going to try to do this and try to de-risk it before I go. So I was able to line up some partnerships and just like make it so that it was still definitely a risk and go out there. But it was one that was like, if I don't take this now, it's going to be riskier in the future. And I'm talking to you as like, we're just about to have our baby. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to uh, like look at my daughter when she's, you know, older and be like, you know, I took that chance and I'm not here wondering coulda, woulda, shoulda. I'm, I'm, we're actually doing it. And my wife is my business partner. I feel like a lot of things went into that decision to leave that were like big life forces. Yeah, you actually took your destiny into your own hands, right? You created your future, the one that you want. So amazing. Congratulations. And ever since then, you've you've garnered, a, like I said, a whole bunch of followers. And I'm curious to know what your definition of an influencer is and what does it mean to you? Because everyone seems to want to be an influencer. I look at it a bit differently because a lot of people talk about influencer. To me, like influence is an output that you can't always control. What can you control? Inputs. And so I like to think about what are the things that I'm controlling? What's the pieces of content that I like to put out and hopefully can educate creators and, and make them like more aware of all the things going on in the creator economy, which is my whole goal with my content and just talk about the things I couldn't talk about when I worked inside YouTube and Instagram for eight years. Now that I'm on the outside, if you ask a lot of like top 
folks, they will never call themselves an influencer. But if they happen to do that, that's a good like byproduct that they're well on the way. I think about more of the inputs of how can I make the best videos possible and just think about different formats that people haven't put out yet. You said you think about inputs, right? Yeah. So what is your ultimate goal? What do you want to put out there? I want to put out the best educational content on YouTube, period. And I say YouTube because long form right now is that's the home for it. But that educational content could be about Instagram, YouTube itself, TikTok, Discord, LinkedIn, just Snap, all these platforms that I like to say, like, I feel like a Pokemon that's evolving right now. I got to work inside two of these companies that very few people have like the, 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 the chance to do. Now I'm on the outside growing as a creator and I want to be able to talk about all the things I'm seeing because if you know how to put the puzzle pieces together and play the game a bit, it shouldn't take crazy amounts of time to figure it out. I just feel like a lot of people are trying to grow on social media in 2023 using strategies from 2015. If you look at the way these companies put out products, the way they put out tests, the way they even write press releases, there's just so many things I've learned on the inside. I was like, it's just really about where to pay attention to and where to put your chips at different times as you play the game. Yeah, let's shift gears and talk about going viral, right? Because everyone also wants to yeah. go viral. So do you feel like people need to go viral to be successful? I like to think about, uh, like to draw a sports analogy from baseball. I'm like, I think I'll get singles and doubles by making this content. Maybe every now and then I'm going to like get a triple. But you should definitely have your content that's like, all right, I am going to go after a home run. I'm going to wind up the bat and get a bigger swing. I'm going to try to go viral to answer your question. But you can't just try to take big swings every time because either you're going to get tired. You're not even going to be able to swing the bat. You're going to strike out, which will happen. And then you're going to forget about getting the singles and doubles. So like to put that in a very specific, like, how does that relate to folks listening or to creators? My consistent format is my interviews with top creators and celebrities, everyone ranging from, you know, the folks you mentioned, like interviewing Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Mark Rover, Paris Hilton, and really understanding how, how can an inspiring creator learn from these people. But my home runs are like, I spent 24 hours with Danny Duncan. And he's this amazing YouTuber who's one of the youngest landowners in the state of Florida. He owns over 100 acres and has made all that money, majority of it, through the business he's built on YouTube. And I was like, what if in addition to the interview that I do sitting down with him, I spent a day with him going around to his properties, talking about his businesses and make that video called 24 Hours with Danny Duncan. That video got 1.6 million views. It's, it's brought in more brand deals, more interest than any other video on our channel. And it's kind of brought people to watch our consistent content, which is our interviews. So, but if I tried to do 24 hours with like every single creator, like that video took three months to produce. And who knows if they would all perform that well, I wouldn't be like able to sustain that, at least not right now. So I think it's important to have like your singles and doubles. And then every now and then, again, wind up to hit a home run, but not just go for the home runs and try to go viral because otherwise it's, it's, it's not going to be sustainable. So speaking of building an audience, and you said that video got over a million views, what are the best ways to grow your audience? I think the best way to grow your audience is to poll your audience. Poll your audience. Yeah, what I mean by that is, and again, this this also surprises me that a lot of people don't do it. Everyone's like, your audience is your community, and, and, and that's true, but your audience is also your focus group. So if people follow me on social media, whether on Instagram or on LinkedIn uh, predominantly, you'll notice I ask a lot of questions to my audience. I will poll them 
about, hey, I'm thinking about interviewing this person. Would you be interested? I'm thinking about trying out this content. Is that interesting? Here are four different formats I'm thinking about trying out. What are you most interested in? I will look at that poll data as if I am a marketing firm, like using that audience to research and give me inputs because two things will happen. One, it's actually valuable. It's signal versus noise. Like they don't, oh, wow, there's no interest in me doing this interview. So I'm not going to waste my time. Like, okay, maybe they're not, not interested. They're not trending. It's not worth it right now. Maybe I'll bring it up late, later time. Number two, I'm a firm believer that if you bring somebody along the journey, they'll be more interested in the outcome. You know, like I, I think a lot of people want to be creators, but maybe they're not set up to be it. So they want to know what's going on behind the scenes right now. And so I will share my thumbnails. I will share my I- interview form. If people join my like Discord, I will share like a lot of stuff even earlier in that process. And that feedback, I think like people are like, whoa, I changed this. John, John, listen to this. I have my fingerprints on this. And I think that's an interesting thing. I think the best way to grow your audience is to pull your audience and not enough people do that. I mean, that's the whole reason my podcast is called Created With John Ushai, because everything I make is with. It's like you're creating with me. It's not just by me. Yeah, you're not doing it alone. No. I love what you said, just bringing them along because it's for them. Right. It's not for you. 100%. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you're creating content to promote your business, right, what should you be thinking about that's different from someone who's creating content to go viral or to be an influencer? To me, it's the same. If people say, I'm trying to create to become an influencer, you're probably not going to, like, it's too focused on output, not input. Versus when I consult clients or brands or creators, and they're like, I'm going to try to get four videos up this month. Now we're talking. That's an input, you know, not an output. If they say, mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to hit this many followers or, or, or I'm trying to influence it, like, those are just things that are too hard to track. And, I, and you know, I, I'm guilty of it as well. For example, our goal is to hit 500,000 followers by uh, September. And, and right now we're at 355,000 on YouTube. That's an output goal, but it needs inputs of, of like uploads every two weeks. And our goal is to get to every week to get there, right? So if people mm-hmm. are listening to this and they're small business owners, what are the ways that you can lower friction to make it easier to upload more, create more, as opposed to hit, hitting X number of followers or going viral? How do you stay focused and not get caught up in chasing the likes of the subscribers? Because, you know, I'm sure it wasn't always that you had so many followers, right? When you were starting out, how do you stay focused on what you're trying to accomplish or what advice would you give? Because I know so many people starting out that just want 10,000 followers or 100,000 followers. You know, it's ironic. The less you post, the more you fixate on metrics. So I find that oftentimes if I'm like, if I post a video, one video that works so hard on, and then I don't upload anything else, I fixate on what the numbers are on for that specific video. But if I'm posting like all these different things, like a, like a short, a video, a text post on LinkedIn, and I'm like, okay, like I'm kind of looking at it as a whole, like what's going on across my content. And I could like take a more objective macro view than an emotional micro view, just figure out a way to actually upload more and then think about it as a whole, as opposed to fixating on one. What do you think the most successful content creators like yourself have in common? I think behind every great creator is a great partner, manager, friend. I'm lucky that my partner, manager, and best friend is my wife. (laughs) She's my uh, business manager. She thinks about all the operations. For every new project that I get shiny object syndrome about, like, oh my God, we got to do this because it's new. She's like, what's the return? 
what, why are we doing this? What will be the opportunity cost? I find that the more and more I meet like creators, there's somebody behind the scenes or off camera that is helping them think about that. And I think the creators that don't, you could, you could see it and how it leads to burnout. Yeah, having that person behind the scenes, thinking about like the business part of it to leave you more time and space to yeah. be creative with ideas and all that. So yeah, you're very blessed. I, I've met her. So yes, you have a great Thank team you. behind you. Yeah. So how do you measure, how do you all, you and your wife and your team measure success? What does that look like for you? I almost think of ourselves not just as a creator studio uh, or a modern media company, but we're a creative agency and a media company all in one. We'll bring in clients and help either consult on their social media and creator strategy or manage like some of their social media pages and, and produce content. So we're part social media and creative agency, and that helps bring in a lot of revenue. We have a lot of like blue chip brands as clients. And the other part is social media growth and revenue through sponsorships, courses, uh, public speaking. So kind of like looking at two sides of the house and measuring growth and revenue as top line success metrics. Yeah. So I know you do a lot of public speaking. How do you find the clients where you're doing the social strategy for? They come to us. Here, I'll give you an ex a, a story. I uploaded a video on my YouTube channel where I basically talked about like ex-YouTube employee explains how to grow your channel. I share how, um, you know, during my time at YouTube, starting in 2014, the late night hosts, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, James Corden, Seth Meyers, like really took to YouTube in different ways. And I talk about how James Corden, mm -hmm. who in the United States at least, was one of the more relatively unknown, like to the point where he tried to, like, in this first week, at work, he tried to like go out for lunch and come back and his security guard wouldn't even let him back into his studio because he didn't recognize it, right? Oh like that's, that's James Corden, like 2013, 2014 versus James Corden now. So anyways, in the video, I talk about like, there's two types of creators in this world, the Cordons and the Colberts. And the Corden style mm. creators are what James Corden has done with his YouTube channel, which is he has many formats, many experiments, carpool karaoke, spill your guts, crosswalk musical. Like if you look at his channel, tons of formats. Colbert, no knock on him, just doesn't have as many formats as Corden, monologue, desk bit, interview, musical act. Like the, there's, there's a few other things he does, but that by and large, if you study his YouTube channels, all he's done. Anyways, I say all this to answer your question. <laughs> After that happened, I got on a call with uh, Stephen Colbert's team to talk about their YouTube strategy. By putting out content, we've been getting leads to bring us on. And, and it happens from Fortune 500 companies, the creators are, who are like, hey, John, can you fly in, help me redo my studio and my like basically pre-production and production pipeline and help me think about how I could go from short form to long form. Help me think about how I could cut costs and production. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you're pretty well known <laughs> on the net, so I'm sure there's a lot of inbound. But a follow-up question to the Colbert example. He has an audience, right, that loves his current format. So how do you weigh trying out new things versus not alienating your existing audience with something that they're not expecting? People like to knock the algorithm. That's where the algorithm can help. Because if it's not taking off, mm. I always like to say, okay, how many people in the audience have heard of carpool karaoke? Everyone raises their hand, right? And then I'm like, how many <laughs> yes. of you guys have heard of this format James Corden does called Celebrity Noses? Nobody raises their hand. It's like a format where he basically analyzes who celebrity knows <laughs> this and he does this whole bit. And it's actually pretty funny, but nobody has really seen it. If you do a format, it doesn't take off and people don't see it, then they don't see it. And I think there's a yeah. self-awareness there to be like, okay, I tried at least five of them. They don't work. Let me pivot and try a different format. But who knows? Like if you didn't try out that format, then you wouldn't have known if it would have taken off. 
And I think there's a reason why Corden has six, seven successful formats um, where many of the other late night show hosts don't. You don't have to deviate from what's working. You just have to add and experiment and be honest of what's hitting with the audience versus not. I'm all about experimentation and iteration. So I, I love that. So as popularity of platforms shift, how do you advise creators to focus their attention on what will help them grow their business? When it comes down to how you build an audience, I think it comes down to supply and demand. So where is the most demand and the least supply, at least right now? So like LinkedIn is a great example of there's a lot of demand. There's, you know, hundreds of millions of people who come to the platform every day, but there's not a lot of supply, mm-hmm. um, at least not on the level of other platforms. So that means there's an opportunity right. for you as a creator to post stuff that will get views. And a lot of you are like, oh, is LinkedIn like a place I should post? Right? And I'm like, that's the opportunity. If people are questioning it and there's people going to it, then that's probably a place you should be posting. YouTube Shorts is another one. You know, it's become more saturated yeah. even in the past six months. Yeah. You know, Instagram broadcast channels. Now we're talking about features within a platform because that's just where we're at in 2023. I think it comes down to supply, demand, and then what can you actually deliver as a business or as an entrepreneur trying to juggle many other uh, responsibilities. As someone in the thick of things, do you watch content? Who do you follow and who do you watch? Are there any up-and-coming creatives that that you would advise me to follow or, or check out? To me, I, you know, it's interesting. I follow more stuff outside of our industry because one of my big philosophies is the best way to succeed within your industry is to look outside of it. <laughs> so I'll yeah. look at like real estate videos. I'll look at like ASMR. I'll look at things like going on in the cooking world. Actually, my wife will give me a lot of inspiration because her feed is very different than mine. I'm like, whoa, that's a really interesting way that they cut the camera together. There's a really interesting way that they formatted it. It's more video specific. Speaking of videos... Which of your videos have you been most proud of? The Danny Duncan one, the 24 hours with Danny Duncan. I saw that one. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you. I did like Thank that you. a lot. Yeah. So for that one, it's like we spent a day with Danny, uh, who's this amazing creator who's been on the platform for many years, 7 million subscribers. But the more incredible thing and unique thing is that he's sold $150 million worth of merch. And he's bought over 100 acres worth of land in his hometown of Florida. And he was homeless at one point on his journey up. I know. I saw that. What it's crazy. The? People haven't told this story in that way before. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm really proud of. And then every interview, I, my goal is I want it to be the best interview with that person on the internet. And if there's yeah. something that yeah. is known about them or they're a really familiar person, I'm like, what's something unfamiliar that people don't know about? How can I like make like, you know, make you think and make it applicable to all creators, even though they're big creators. Absolutely. I mean, I'm trying to do that with this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) If you weren't a creator, what do you think you'd be doing? What kind of skills do you have that would translate to another passion or way of earning a living? Oh, I'd be a product marketing manager at one of these companies and continuing down the path and, and one day hopefully be a CMO. Like I, I was on that path. I was doing that. Yeah. But this is so much better for you. You know, so there's a John Yushai in a different multiverse that's like, you know, I, I like this security. I like the, the trajectory. But to me, the scariest thing was, oh, if I close my eyes and I look 10, 15 years ahead, I see the position in the company that if I work hard enough, I could get. Versus if I close my eyes right now, I don't even know what the ceiling is. There's just so much exciting stuff happening within our team and and the inbound we're getting that I'm like, 
let's let's ride this wave. Yeah, yeah. So what's next for you? We're working on a newsletter that I know everyone has a newsletter. This newsletter, I think, will be very different than ones that people have seen. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. We were looking at the initial versions of it in the mocks. Like, it's looking great and it's different. Like, I, I know there's a ton of newsletters out there and uh, people like, you know, open them, ignore some, all that. But this one, I'm like, wow, it's uh, it just feels a very modern take on it. So I know we're almost at time. Do you see Gen AI as a creative tool or something to fear in the video world? No, absolutely a creative tool. Absolutely. Have you used it yourself? Of course. How have you used it? I'll give you a very concrete example. Just three days ago, I'm working on a thumbnail uh, for my next YouTube video. And it obviously, I use Photoshop for my thumbnails. And I am like, the background is kind of cluttered. And I really want people to focus on the face of the person I'm interviewing the thumbnail. So we use like the generative fill uh, feature on Adobe Photoshop um, beta. And we filled it in and now it looks even better. And we, we do that for a lot of stuff. I, I think right now, generative AI solves like what I like to call the first draft problem or like it's, it's like something to yeah. um, like, you know, collaborate with, not be replaced by. Exactly. Exactly. That's so good to hear. Okay. So what is one word that's going to guide you for the rest of 2023? I asked this of all my guests. Family. Bingo. <laughs> I love it. Family first. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was so fun. And I learned a lot myself just from talking to you. There's a lot of tips that I can try myself. So, so appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy guy. My pleasure. I appreciate you having me on and looking forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so much, John. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with John Yushai today and that he's given you some tools and inspiration to build your online presence. I loved hearing his perspective and learnings from having worked on the very platforms he creates for today. The takeaways that stood out to me were one, working with a trusted partner makes your output better. It can give you greater bandwidth for creativity, the safety to experiment, a sounding board for new ideas, an honest critic, and someone to celebrate with. Two, if you're too focused on the likes every time you post, put that energy into posting more. The more you post, the more objective you can be about the results and the metrics will be more meaningful. Three, if you bring someone along on your journey, they'll be more interested in the results. Ask your audience what they want, pay attention to their reactions and evolve what you're making based on that input. And lastly, sometimes the best inspiration can come from outside your own industry. Diversify the content you consume and keep your eyes out for lessons in unexpected places. This is In The Making, and I'm your host, Teresa Ao. I'll be back with a new guest and new inspiration from the creator economy every two weeks. So please take a few seconds to follow this podcast. And if you like this episode, be sure to give us a rating and a review in your favorite podcast app. We're brand new, so we'd really appreciate it if you share the show with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you in a fortnight.